Is it time for a mind shift? If you don't know what that means, then join your host, Dr. Clint Haycock, a former evangelical Christian pastor and Bible college teacher of over 20 years, along the journey of deconstruction and reconstruction of faith, life, religion, and spirituality. everyone and welcome to this special bonus episode featuring my good friend Janice Selby from Canada. She's been on the podcast a couple times before and I suddenly realized the other day that we needed to chat real soon because coming up very soon is Court 2021, the Conference on Religious Trauma. This is something that Janice tried to put together in 2020, but of course, because of the COVID lockdowns that occurred, everything changed. The whole conference had to be canceled. It was actually scheduled to take place in Vancouver, BC, but everything had to be shut down. But now she is able to do it online. So this is fantastic. So we are going to talk about in a minute here, religious trauma syndrome. What is it? We're going to share some personal stories of our own journeys through religious trauma syndrome and how we started getting out. And then she's going to give us the lineup of the absolutely fantastic, wonderful speakers that are going to be featured at Court 2021. And I'm actually going to be there. I'm going to be a part of a panel discussion along with David Hayward, the Naked Pastor, as well as Tim Sledge. And of course, you know him from Twitter, at Goodbye Jesus, which of course is the title of his excellent book. And of course, all three of us are ex-pastors, ex-evangelicals. So we're going to be talking about on a panel discussion, religious trauma syndrome, specifically from an ex-clergy point of view. But when you hear the lineup of speakers that's going to be at Court 2021, you're going to be blown away. And also, if you haven't booked your ticket yet, make sure and listen in. Janice is going to give you a special discount code that you can use to save a little bit of money on this conference, which is going to be completely online. And if you can't make it on the days, the conference is actually scheduled for May 11th to the 16th. There is a way she's going to explain how you can buy a discounted ticket that will allow you to have access to the videos, all the calls, every single session that's being presented by all these amazing speakers. They are all being recorded so you can have access to those archives and watch it at your own convenience for a little bit lesser price. Now, one of the things I was going to say before we talk to Janice here in a minute, we have an episode coming up with Andrew Jasko. We were talking about religious trauma syndrome and healing it through the use of psychedelics along with things like PTSD. That episode is going to come out right after this one comes out with Janice. The reason I wanted to push this one ahead of the queue was because the conference is coming up so soon and I wanted to get the information out there. So my apologies to Andrew for pushing his episode back just a little bit, but that is coming out. And again, it's on the same exact theme of religious trauma syndrome. So let's get on into the chat with Janice Selby, my good friend from Canada. We're going to be talking about Court 2021, a conference on religious trauma. I am talking to one of my very favorite Canadians. Thank you, Janice <laughs> Selby, for coming back into MindShift Podcast once again. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Now, I know we wanted to chat for a while here because you've got an upcoming conference, Court 2021, the Conference on Religious Trauma. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that you're finally going to be able to do this. 
and, and it's not going to be canceled again because of COVID <laughs> like the first one. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I'm excited because you are actually going to be uh, joining a panel that we're having That's at the true. Conference on Religious Trauma. You and Tim Sledge and David Hayward going to be yeah. um, talking about things uh, from an ex-clergy side, which I think is really important because when clergy folk leave religion, there can be even additional fallout to mm-hmm. um, the rest of us who were maybe never involved in ministry. So I'm really looking forward to that panel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're holding it online, uh, yeah. which I think is just great because people, we have people even from uh, Australia and Russia and Europe who are very interested in attending. And of course, for folks who have such time zone differences, um, we are also offering a ticket that is strictly for resources, which means people can have access to the recordings. Mm -hmm. Um, So both ticket types get access to the recordings, but if people want, uh, they can strictly get the recordings and it's a reduced fee rather than the full ticket. And it's Mm -hmm. taking place May 11th to 16th. Which is coming up very, very fast. Coming very quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Time's this morning before, before I joined you, I was working on my PowerPoint presentation <laughs> for the conference because I'm going to be presenting too. So starting right. to get nervous. You're not going to do it the night before? Come on. Just throw <laughs> something together. Come on, Jess. Well, that is my usual fashion right. of doing things. But this, not time, this time I thought, no. This is pretty big. Well, really want to get it right. It, it is so big. And ticket sales are really starting to take off, which is hugely exciting because mm. this is uh, the inaugural event. No one has ever ha- had a conference specifically devoted to religious trauma. And as we know, of course, with so much that's gone on in your country, in the United States in particular, the last uh, four years, you know, largely due to he who will not be named, people are leaving religion in droves. I mean, they already, the ball had already started rolling downhill before he was in office, but that was such a polarizing event, really, because so many evangelicals were supporting him. And uh, so people are just walking away. And now they're starting to question, wow, what what do I do next? That was my entire identity. That was my life. And they are traumatized and they're starting to recognize it because people like you are talking about religious trauma and religious trauma syndrome. And this conference would be a great place for them to learn about religious trauma syndrome and, and well, also about the help that's available. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of RTS, then maybe we should go back and start at the beginning. What is religious trauma syndrome? If someone's listening to this and saying, uh, okay, I've walked away from religion, not necessarily Christianity, it could be any religion mm-hmm. or any sort of high control group that you were a part of, a cult or a movement, something like that. You may have been traumatized. So what is religious trauma syndrome? Well, my friend and mentor, Dr. Marlene Winnell, she actually coined that phrase, religious trauma syndrome, a number of years ago. And it really speaks to um, like the the group of symptoms say that uh, that someone might struggle with first because they were a member of an authoritarian group so we have losses and and issues that we have to cope with 
being part of that group. And then when we leave the group, it's a double whammy because then we've left and now we have more losses on the other side. So certainly the obvious one that people name quite quickly is the loss of community. But there is also the loss of identity. And, and the loss of our assumptive worldview, how the world worked and fit together dissolves completely. It is no longer there. And boy, talk about plunging you into an existential crisis. Mm. That will do it. Losing your faith will do it. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And then it's a painful process. And it can also be super isolating. Like until I came across uh, Marlene's work, Dr. Winnell's work, I felt completely alone. I didn't know anyone else who had bought into the faith to such a degree as I had. I mean, I was a head covering, homeschooling, fundamentalist, menocostal, I like to call myself, wife and mother. And then I started pulling on that thread and the whole thing was unraveling. <laughs> yes, yeah, and um, lost, my, lost my marriage, lost my community, lost many different portions of my identity because I no longer was a Christian. I no longer was a homeschooler and eventually I was um, no longer a wife. And so all of those things were interrelated and it was grief upon grief upon grief. And then the isolation of it, not really knowing anyone else, like I said, who had lost their faith after being such a staunch believer. So when I found Marlene and her book is called Leaving the Fold uh, and it's helped thousands of people. I'm just one of many people. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to actually go and spend time with her in person in San Francisco on a few occasions and to meet other people who could relate, even if they came from a different religious background. Oh, goodness, it was so refreshing. It was like oxygen. I could, I could breathe again. These people could understand my, uh, my losses. And it, it felt really good. And so that led me to write my workshop the Divorcing Religion Workshop, mm -hmm. uh, which is an online workshop, but people can also purchase uh, simply the workbook if they want to. And then that was so cathartic for me writing that workshop mm -hmm. that I thought there's, I want to do more. I want to do more. There are so many people who are wounded and have religious trauma and religious trauma syndrome. I want to do a conference and that's where the conference was born out of. And I'm not anybody special. I'm just a lady who has some background in counseling and had an idea and was able to run with this idea. And so now we see what's coming up is the conference. Mm -hmm. It seems like just yesterday we were in Vancouver. You know, we were talking <laughs> about this the other day, weren't we? That we yep. came, my sister Valerie and I came up there a couple of years ago mm -hmm. to meet with some people up there. You guys came down from Kelowna, BC, mm -hmm. had a great pub lunch at one point. Yeah. And we Neil went was there. to the hotel. Yeah, Neil 604, yeah. the atheist, he was there. A bunch of other people showed up. Yeah. Uh, we went to the hotel. You were so excited because the court 2020 yeah. was going to be happening. And mm -hmm. then the whole world blew up. <laughs> But in a weird way, this COVID thing, I mean, because we can do it online now, as you mm -hmm. say, it's opened up huge new vistas from people literally all over the world who mm -hmm. probably couldn't have, you know, traveled to Vancouver a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Yeah. And also over the past two years, the number of people who have continued to um, leave churches or empty the, the pews, as the yeah. hashtag says, uh, has really grown. And we even have folks like 
Oh, I think his name was Abraham, Abraham Piper, you know, John, yeah, John Piper's, Piper's son. son. And, yeah, and then various, right that's right. And various musicians and YouTube personalities who it's like collectively we're shaking our heads and coming out of this fantasy that we had and stepping into reality, even though it's, um, it's a painful step to make. Like it, I understand why people choose to be comforted by their fantasy rather than slapped in the face by reality. Cause mm. it is a, a somewhat of a rude awakening. And eventually oh, we yeah. get to the point where we can embrace the freedom and we can really delight in the freedom that we have as no longer religious people. I can mm. wear what I want, think what I want, do what I want, say what I want, read what I want, act yeah. how I want. There's, I'm not worried about some God up in heaven keeping track. I'm not worried about causing my brother to stumble. Boy, oh boy, I remember that one. <laughs> Thought crimes. That's right. Uh, that's right. It's to be free so of much. that is wonderful. But initially, it is also very terrifying because you don't know. It's like you had these really firm, firm boundaries all around. That's one thing that drew me ever deeper into fundamentalism was the rules. I loved the rules. I felt very safe knowing, you know, black and white authoritarian, mm -hmm. what I can do and what I can't do. I didn't have to think about it. I just, I knew it. And to step out of that and step away from that is, um, can be really, really scary mm -hmm. for people. Well, speaking of Dr. Marlene Winnell, um, I've had her as a guest on the show. That was fantastic. I'm looking at her site right now, journeyfree.org. If people want more resources, just on scholarly articles that she's written, and mm -hmm. looking at this page about defining religious trauma syndrome, something you said triggered me to think about her, what she wrote. She said, it's about your symptoms of religious trauma syndrome, cognitive, emotional, social, and cultural. There's all these aspects. And then something jumped out. She says, the causes of RTS, authoritarianism coupled with toxic theology, which is received and reinforced at church, school, and home which then started me to think, okay, I, I can hit all three of those markers. <laughs> yeah. I received it at church. I grew mm -hmm. up, I was literally born and I was in church as a little baby and mm -hmm. I grew up there. I received it from there. I went to Christian school from mm -hmm. grade five on all through high school, went to Bible college seminary and, um, and, and at the home, we were raised in a Bill Gothard cult type environment, very fundamentalist. Yeah. So there was no refuge for me anywhere, church, school, and home. So yeah, what about this issue of those of us who were raised in it? That's another mm -hmm. layer, surely, than compared to someone who, let's say, comes into it later in life. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and I think the oh, the longer that we were in any group, any one group, and particularly receiving childhood indoctrination from our caregivers, when we take in those ideas as children, and they're being taught to us by our authority figures. And they're being taught to us before our critical brain has developed. We certainly do take it in as the absolute truth. And then it's like, there's all kinds of psychological barbs and barbed wire and booby traps that go all around those that make it very hard for us to question. And we're not even aware of that. This is all like on a subconscious, uh, unconscious type of level. So it can make it very, very hard for us to question those things. And, you know, my heart really goes out to folks who are deconstructing from the faith and they are married to someone who is not. 
So their partner is yes. still a diehard believer and then is doubling down because then they're terrified, truly terrified, uh, as my parents, you know, have been terrified for me because then they're very worried that I am going to hell. So my deconstruction was the worst possible news for uh, my parents. Fortunately, the man who was my spouse, you know, he, he also uh, was on his own journey of deconstruction but not in time. We were out of sync with one another and there were other reasons as well. So we decided that we would be better off as friends and we are. So that's worked out great in my favor, but for, for a lot of folks, especially if they're still raising children, oh my gosh, the pain and the difficulty that comes with trying to navigate Mm -hmm. that because, you know, if one partner is taking the children to Sunday school every week and they're learning these horrifying stories and metaphors, they're learning them as truth and they can be very gory and violent and graphic. And then that parent is also saying, pray for daddy or pray for mommy because they are going to hell. They are going to this Mm. terrible place of torment and torture that you're learning about. What a difficult thing to endure to go through and i know mm-hmm. david wrote a book about that i think he it's till death do us no till doubt do us till part. Doubt do us part yeah right yep. yeah and there are a few few folks who've written books along those lines but unfortunately there there is no easy answer there is mm-hmm. no easy way um, to do it and to get through it i think something that dr marlene winnell said on our podcast when we were talking about rts she said Something to the effect that when you step back and look at it, religion is all pervasive. It affects every single area, level, aspect of our lives, psychologically, emotionally, sexually, physically, Mm -hmm. relationally, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on. And then to think about disentangling from all of that, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's so difficult. And I don't think you're ever really free in a way you can get therapy, you get counseling. It, I think it does. It takes a lifetime because mm-hmm. the effects of this stuff can affect us later. People can be triggered. I know triggering oh, yeah. is a big thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You think you're doing fine. And then you hear a song, a worship song on the oh, radio yeah. or oh, yeah. somebody says something and bam. Yeah. It's, I remember when I was in um, the States visiting a few years ago, actually for one of Marlene's retreats. And I was taking Uber everywhere because I obviously didn't have a car there. I've never used Uber before. We don't even have it where I am in Canada. But almost every time I would get into an Uber vehicle, there would be Christian praise and worship music playing over. And it was so uh, upsetting to me. And I would always ask the person, can we please have silence? Because it, <laughs> it was please. so, it was upsetting to me. I just didn't like it. The way all the feelings, I have a hard enough time. I mean, every day, every day, hymns or choruses pass through this mind at least once because mm-hmm. music was a huge part for me as it, as it was for you too, being mm-hmm. a musician and learning those songs from, you know, three years old, four years old, those songs get in there. They are very hard to to pull out. I know you've used a phrase before about unpicking, unpicking the conditioning. Yeah, that's true. Very, very challenging and hard to do. And it takes time. We don't just flip a switch. It, and, and if we do just flip a switch, it's, it's often to our detriment. We have got to acknowledge our losses in order to properly mourn those losses. And, mm-hmm. and the losses are huge when we lose our faith or walk Absolutely. away from our faith. And as you alluded to a minute ago, you talked about relationships with family members. 
partners, spouses, or family members who are still involved in that particular religion that we've mm-hmm. left behind. Now, I know that we see a lot of passive aggressive stuff. I've yeah. seen it from my mother, for example, and, so, yeah. and my fundamentalist older sister, whereby they can't seem to leave it alone. As you say, they're very concerned about my eternal fate, apparently. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm, I'm definitely going to hell. You know? Well, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you there. But, you know, so you, you suddenly get an email randomly or a letter or a phone call. I've heard this from a lot of people where they've deconstructed the kids go to grandma and grandpa's house for the weekend and grandma and grandpa are still staunch believers in that religion. The kids come home loaded with, you know, religious tracts and Bibles and they've taken them to church or the meetings or whatever, even though they specifically said, I do not want you to basically indoctrinate Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. children. They do Mm -hmm. it anyway. Yes. And and boundary work. It's very, very um, important when we deconstruct. It's important for us to think about these things. And it can be extra painful when your kids are little because it might be that you depend on your parents for rides, for babysitting, you know, childcare. Mm-hmm. And it's almost guaranteed that they will be unable to, to help themselves from yeah. witnessing um, to your yeah. kids. It's... Uh, so you ingrained. really have to put a lot of thought into it and, and potentially have some pretty tense discussions with these people that, that you love and have known your, your whole life. Um, but because they are operating out of a place of fear, fear is an extreme motivator, it's going to be really hard for them. <laughs> not to intrude and not to overstep those uh, boundaries. And so unfortunately, lots of times people have to say, you can't have access to my kids. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm, I'm unfortunately, I've had to do that with my mother and my fundamentalist sister. I've had to break off both of those relationships. Wow. Well, first of all, my sister wasn't so difficult because she first disowned us because my oldest daughter is gay. So that, right. was, that was the start of that. She posted some stuff on her Facebook page from Franklin Graham and John Piper and some other oh, yeah. people talking about how gay people are going to hell. So we confronted her about that and said, are you, are you referencing our daughter? Is that what, is that what this is about? Mm-hmm. She's the only gay person you, you even know. Right. Obviously you don't know any gay people. You know? Yeah. Not oh, running no, in those no. circles. I'm just reposting what Franklin Graham said. She was de- denying and disavowing the whole thing. I called bullshit on it. I said, no, mm-hmm. you I know what you've, are doing this is this is a passive aggressive move it's total bullshit and we're, we're done and that was it that was the last straw and i had to do that because wow. she just wouldn't stop with that kind of real passive aggressive yeah. sneaky stuff and she would mm-hmm. just disavow it's not me it's franklin graham it's someone yeah. else you know yeah sneaky mm-hmm. sort of stuff oh so painful mm. that really is painful and uh painful for your whole family when loved ones choose religion over relationship Mm. that and of course that is absolutely what the bible teaches it forbids being uh, unequally yoked and so when i think of all the pain that has come as a result of even just that one verse but certainly the verse is also uh railing against um homosexuality and Come on, we're we're evolving. Humanity is evolving. Our culture is is evolving. It is religion that is holding us back. It's true. It really, it really, truly is. So, and I even, you know, I I know folks who 
are now in the camp of progressive Christianity. And to me, they're just inching along, getting one step closer to finally, you know, leaving the getting whole out. leaving the whole thing. For me, you know, I liken it to holding that beach ball underwater. That's what my my religion was like. And when I finally took my hands off, up it comes and it's water's getting everywhere and it's messy, but it's glorious, it's free. And so I ran out of uh, Christianity and did a huge deep dive into um, Eastern mysticism and new age stuff, essentially. And then spent a few years in that camp and had my dreadlocks and, you know, got my crystals, realigned my chakras, did all that stuff. Did the hippie chick thing. The hippie chick thing. I loved (laughs) it. I loved it. But then eventually it seemed to me like and I was attending conferences and, you know, going to, mm. oh, have you read this book? Have you heard this? Yeah. And then, and then when people, yeah, I was until people started talking about channeling, channeling this Abraham Hicks or channeling what, whoever, whatever it was. And I was like, mm, that does mm. not sit right with me. That feels kind of familiar and I'm not interested in that. And that was also when I was realizing that fundamentalism christianity doesn't have the market cornered on that we can be fundamentalist in in any viewpoint that we have political Mm -hmm. religious nutritional and i started to realize i didn't need any of it i didn't need any of it i was capable of crafting a meaningful life for myself and making my own choices without needing anyone else telling me how to do it Mm. That's huge, man. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and learning, I'm... learning that new way of thinking, isn't it? I, I've seen that too in my own life the last 10 or so years where it's like the instinctive move is to go pray about something, a difficult decisions coming up and, or a I big know. life decision or something. Well, let's mm-hmm. pray about it. Let's see what the Bible has to say. That was my tradition. And it's so ingrained as you were saying earlier that you think, Oh, well, I'm not going to pray about that. Am I in trouble or is that, you know, am I outside of God's will? And you start thinking down those lines and it's like, no, you've got to really sort of rethink those grooves and get out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a tough thing. I, I really think that it's a hard thing for a lot of people. Yeah. It, one thing that helped me when I was going through that was uh, recognizing that every time that I prayed, I actually was just praying to myself. I, I actually was just talking, talking to, to myself. And so any, any answers that I had, uh, any insights that came to me or whatever were also from myself. And so I, I, it happened before, so it can certainly, you know, continue happening now. I am capable of having insights. I just don't give anyone else the credit for them. And also, of course, I'm free to research now. I'm free to research anything. And mm. I do. And that's the, the biggest thing I think that will be helpful for people who are recovering from religious trauma and religious trauma syndrome is that they start doing their own work and doing their own research. And partly that's difficult because if they were Christian, Christianity really keeps us juvenile it keeps us from looking at towards outward sources. We're supposed to be childlike in our faith, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you are an adult in a secular world and no one is coming to rescue you. You must rescue yourself. And that's, that can feel like a heavy mantle, a heavy 
burden at first, but again, there's nothing quite like being totally autonomous. Mm -hmm. You get to do what you want to do, but you also get to suffer the consequences um, of your choices. That's true. The words ringing in my head, my mother-in-law always used to say, she passed away a couple years ago, but her famous phrase was, honey, you can do whatever you want. And she didn't mean it in that sense that you were talking about, but that phrase has been coming back to me a lot lately. It's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You really can. And as you say, if you're prepared to deal with the consequences of whatever that decision is, then okay, do whatever you want. <laughs> but don't blame somebody else when it all goes south. Yeah, I, I've had a few different people ask me in the last little while if I believe in karma, to which my response is no, but I believe in consequences and they may come wrapped in something that looks like karma. <laughs> That's right. You better yeah. think before you before you make your uh, choices. And And when I remember back to what it was like for me initially when I broke out of my corset of Christianity, it was like I went through um, a second adolescence and just I decided I was going to deny myself nothing. And I did deny myself mm -hmm. nothing, which if it was only me, if it only impacted me, that would be one thing. But I mm -hmm. still had kids like they were they were in their teens, but they were still my children. And they, I'm sure they got whiplash watching how fast mm. I went from being wound tighter than a spring to suddenly like, oh, there's no rules. You can do whatever you whatever want and I can do whatever I want. Pretty jarring. Um, yes. Yes. When you're still growing up, that that is definitely jarring. So I've had many conversations uh, with them. They're, they're both in their 20s now. Um, many conversations with them about what that was like for them. And of course, I've made apologies uh, when mm -hmm. apologies have certainly been warranted. And the kids have been so gracious to me. And I think their response has more been, uh, well, you showed us that change is possible. Like we never thought you would change <laughs> Because you were pretty uptight. Yeah, uh, you could change. That's right. <laughs> anyone can change. change. Anyone can change. And that is a great lesson for people to be aware of. We're so all capable true. of change. I remember that when I was in high school years ago, my best friend that I met in high school, his name was Guy, and his parents went through a very messy divorce. Hmm. And his father was a staunch sort of charismatic evangelical Christian. He'd actually led his mom to the Lord, as it were. He got her yeah. saved and they were part of a church. He was an elder and all the rest of it. They went through this horrible divorce and his dad did exactly the same thing. Went utterly, abandoned everything that he'd preached against for years. Wow. Started sleeping around, had numerous hmm. one night stands and partied mm -hmm. and everything else. And my friend was about 13 when all this was going down oh, wow. and he was just devastated oh, as you say yeah. so from his point of view his dad just just blew the whole world up literally did mm. and i'm sure i've never talked to his dad about what, what what that was about but i can imagine it was probably a similar kind of thing to what happened to you mm -hmm. the repression mm -hmm. and then all the bets were off and he wasn't thinking oh i've got three kids what are they gonna think and they were just devastated Right. Yeah. And I think that perhaps if I had, um, if my marriage had survived uh, the deconstruction 
maybe that those things wouldn't have happened because certainly my my husband at the time he he would not have been in favor of the uh, behaviors that mm. I was. He wouldn't like uh, the hippie chick, Janice. <laughs> no, no, there were a lot of lot of questionable things going wouldn't on have there. Gone for that. <laughs> yeah, and of course now the state that I'm in is one of such freedom, and that that I willingly and joyfully extend that freedom to other people. So, you know, that I'm a, I'm a therapist. And one thing that I see that happens a lot when folks uh, deconstruct is questions related to sexuality. What, you know, what may, and even Mm -hmm. um, questioning, well, maybe I'm actually not heterosexual. Maybe this is just something that, you know, a label that was thrust upon me and I didn't have any choice in it. And I want to be open to explore um, anything. And people are allowed to explore that. A lot of folks Mm. decide they're going to try moving to an open um, situation in their dating, in their relationship, in their marriage. And so these these are possibilities. And I always just urge people, proceed with caution. Do your Mm -hmm. research. Make sure you're having a very intimate discussion with your partner that you're both on the same page. But essentially, there actually is no rule saying that you you must stay married for the rest of your life to this person. Yes, Mm -hmm. that is a a promise that we made at, at one time. But it's okay. You're allowed to change. People change at different rates and in different ways, and that's okay. And that's mm-hmm. something that obviously people who are still really entrenched in religion have a very hard time with because they fear any change, any mm-hmm. change at all. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can't get a divorce is, in Christianity. Many Christians believe there is no le- legitimate reason for a divorce. Uh, Maybe in the case of sexual infidelity or something like that, if one partner has an affair. But yeah, going through all that is so difficult. I can remember a relative of mine was devastated when he was told you can never remarry after his wife, after they got divorced. He was in tears yeah, because he was so devastated by that. And yet now he's remarried. And, you know, so obviously he was able to work through that. He's still an evangelical, you know, but how do you, he must have worked through that somehow. I remember being invited when we were still very married and living at the Bible college and I was homeschooling our daughters and so forth. And we received a wedding invitation from someone who was a a Christian back, back home. But we knew that this was their second marriage, that they were divorced. And I actually phoned that person and reamed them out and tried to school them and tell them that God did not approve of the, and now I'm like, holy what was I thinking? Yeah, that is so that was so unkind. That was so incredibly rude and judgmental and uh whatever else, arrogant. But at the time, that was my headspace. I was very literal about my interpretation mm-hmm. of the Bible. There wasn't a lot of room for grace there. Mm. And you know, I think of my own mom, uh, who I'm I'm quite close to, and she remains religious. She doesn't go to church anymore. She's in her 80s. But she stayed married to my dad, who was an absolute tyrant, Mm. uh, a narcissist of the highest degree, and also a fundamentalist. And he just made our lives very unpleasant and made hers particularly miserable. She stayed married to him for over 40 years because Mm -hmm. the Bible 
says God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. And and my siblings and I, through the years, we were all like, you know, get off it. Like, the, what does Jesus, you know, really want you to stay suffering? And and it took a long, long, long time for her to finally see that maybe her life would be better. Maybe she didn't have to stay married to this emotionally abusive person. And yet I've seen her since then develop intimate friendship relationships with other abusers, with other abusers. Mm. And it's like she has it in her head. The only thing she thinks is, I must turn the other cheek. I must be kind all the time and i'm going martyr complex yes martyr absolutely and i've said to her you have to be kind to yourself that's the first person Mm. you have to be kind to how kind are you being to yourself when you stay with someone who insults you and says all sorts of terrible things Mm. like throw away the rule book that you're using which is Mm. called the bible because it's not doing you any favors how's that working it's doing favors for the abuser yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) working for them not for her. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, now we've been describing our own experiences of RTS. Maybe we should transition a little bit and talk about this conference. Uh, who are some of the major speakers? Because I know you mentioned Dr. Marley Winnell. Mm-hmm. She is yeah. certainly one of the speakers, isn't she, at the upcoming conference? Yes, she absolutely is. I want to open up my page here to make sure that I'm not missing people out. So we have speakers like uh, Dr. Winnell who have their educational background in psychology and human development um, and those things. But then we also have speakers who have lived through religious trauma and worked through religious trauma mm-hmm. on their own. I see Alice Gretchen. Has she been a guest of yours yet? No, but I think we've talked about trying to get Yes. yes, she's a Hollywood um, actress, and she was raised in a very fundamentalist kind of mindset. Uh, she's going to be a speaker. Uh, we've got Angela Soff, and Angela comes out of a Mormon background, and she's a musician. She'll be sharing her experiences. We have Candace Gorham, mm. who's an author. She wrote uh, The Ebonus Exidy Project. Hani Getter, she was raised Orthodox Jew, Hasidic Orthodox Judaism was her background. And then after she was, you know, married, she realized that she was gay. And, and so imagine all the huge life, you know, changes yeah. for her. Uh, so Hani will be speaking. Dan Barker of the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Oh, Dr. Daryl Ray, he's my friend mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's just him. amazing. So he started, of course, um, the Recovering from Religion organization mm-hmm. and he's written so many books. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, Dave Warnock. Have you had Dave? Oh, on yeah. Your show? Dying out Le- loud. Yeah. I uh, love me some Love Dave. Dave. He's great. Yeah. He's going to be sharing about his own journey as he's walked away from faith and is currently walking through ALS. And then, um, of course, you and Dave Hayward. Oh, Terry Daniel. You've had Terry oh, yeah. on your show a number of times. Many as times. Well. Yeah, she's I a really very good enjoy friend. her. Yes. And her background is very much all things related to grief and grieving and that whole process. And she'll be talking about toxic theology around grief as it mm-hmm. relates to loss. So that's going to be great. Oh, Janet Heimlich. You haven't had her on your show. No. 
Um, I'm making notes now, though. <laughs> yes, yes. She's an award-winning uh, journalist and author. And her area of special interest to this point has been very much how children are impacted by religion and religious uh, indoctrination and religious harm. So Janet is also one of our keynote speakers. I'm going to be talking about divorcing religion. Oh, Jen Kiaba. And I don't think you, you know who Jen is. Mm -mm. She is an artist, a painter in New York City. Uh, and I think maybe she does some photography work too. I'm not sure. But her background was in, as a Mooney. She mm. lived as a Mooney for many years. Jeremiah Kamara is a documentary filmmaker. And he specifically um, looks at how the Black community has been impacted by Christianity. And he's done a couple of really mm. hard-hitting documentaries on that. So he'll be addressing that. Lisa Cohn also comes uh, out of the Moonies, and she's a, a writer. Mandisa Thomas, the head of, oh, Black Non-Believers, yes. Marlene Rennell. Mm -hmm. Nate Phelps. Have you had Nate on your show? Uh, I know who Nate is, but I yeah, haven't had Yeah, the son one. of the, the late Fred Phelps of Westboro Baptist fame. So wow. I think uh, Nate's story is quite something. What about Rick Allen Ross? Have yes, you had, I've Rick, had Ross Rick on your yeah, show? Yeah, I've had him. He's a cult expert. He, he is. And he will be speaking uh, at the conference, not related to religion or religious trauma, but specifically looking at it from a, from, from a cult mindset, because, you know, people who've left the Moonies or other groups mm. that aren't necessarily religious um, in origin, but the mindset certainly is very similar, isn't it? You and I have talked about that before. Oh, yeah. Tim Sledge uh, will mm -hmm. be part of your panel. And then we also have Yasmin Mohammed. And Yasmin mm -hmm. wrote the book Unveiled. And she, at age 18, was married off to an Al-Qaeda operative. And she managed to not only escape him, but um, escape from Islam. And so she's a really powerful activist. And those are the people who are going wow. to be at court. It's going to be incredible. That That's why it's going over so many days because I have so many um, speakers. It's amazing. Yeah, you can't have too many <laughs> when you when you're talking about people of that caliber. And the what I love about it is the diversity. You know, it's not just oh, we're talking about people who come out of evangelical fundamentalist Christianity like you and I. You've got Moonies and you know, come out of Judaism and if like mm -hmm. fundamentalist Mormonism, Islam, Mormonism, mm -hmm. uh, just all kinds of backgrounds. But yet what's fascinating to me is, as you say, when you uh, break it down, there's so much in common around this area of religious trauma syndrome. It doesn't really matter what religion or belief system you come out of. There's, a, I think, a core set of, of symptoms that we all sort of share. That's been mm -hmm. a real revelation to me as yes. far as my own education into RTS goes. Yes. And until and unless we become familiar with the psychological tactics that um, authoritarian groups use, we, then, we are vulnerable. We remain susceptible to Absolutely. falling into another fundamentalist group. Like I ran into um, new age teachings, but I was able to come out of that relatively easily. Some people actually do go from cult to cult to cult, and they're not stopping to educate themselves and and kind of realize what is uh what is going on that's a, i think that's more common than we realize in the rts community it's true i've learned that this, if education is hugely important 
And like you said, if you don't educate yourself on how you were manipulated, how you were psychologically duped and, and all the rest of it, you could very easily fall victim to another group, another cult type thing, couldn't you? So mm -hmm. that that's definitely a thing. Well, mm -hmm. I know that we're going to do a discussion going back to you. One, point, one of the points you were making about spouses and partners, I think we need to pursue this further maybe in another call because this is something that's come up in our Facebook group. We want to have a conversation about that. So that's an important topic. But if people are interested in now that they've heard all this stuff that we've been talking about RTS, hearing this amazing lineup of speakers that you've got for this conference, what's the best place to find out information so they can get tickets and book in? Mm -hmm. um, I will give you a, a link that you can include in this um, description mm -hmm. for the website for the conference specifically. And then also they can follow me on Twitter or reach out to me on Twitter. I have two accounts on there. One is at Divorce Religion, all one word. And the other one is at Wise Counselor. And there's an underscore between Wise and Counselor. And there's two L's because we mm -hmm. spell things the Canadian way. That's right. Uh, and of spelling. course, they can, that's right. They can find me on uh, Facebook just under my own name, Janice mm -hmm. Selby. So they can reach out to me at any right. of those. And they can do an email, courtinformation at gmail.com. And court is C-O-R-T, courtinformation at gmail.com. And I can answer their questions there. Right. So I'll put all that in the show notes. If you want to reach out and find out information about the conference, talk to Janice. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. I always <laughs> love meeting up with you. We have such great conversations. We could go for hours, I'm sure, but we got to let this thing go. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's also just uh, remind your audience that they can claim a, a discount. They can use code POD15, capitals P-O-D-1-5, just to get a $15 uh, American discount at registration. My gift to hey, them. <laughs> every little bit helps. Yes. Get on it early and you can, you can get a discount. So thank you so much, Janice. I'm so looking forward to being a part of Court 2021. Oh, me too. It's going to be great. Thanks for inviting me back to talk about it.